0: Hey guys, this is Andrew, as always, and with me is...
1: Devin. Hey guys, welcome back to episode... Six. Six?
0: Well, I guess five, because bloopers was a half episode, yeah, so episode five. You're
1: splitting hairs Uh, there. Episode six of Talk Nerdy Nerdy to Me, me, and Hey, You Look Good, but also... Mm -hmm. Fuck Fuck Ted Bundy, and and
0: fuck Wayne Gacy. Gacy. Alrighty. Alrighty. I I think every, every, uh... New season, we're just gonna add a serial. Soon the we'll the just intro, have
1: a list of twenty. The intro is gonna be like eight minutes long. Well, we're just, we're just going, fuck, fuck this, this. <laughs> like, ter- like a lawyer with Tourette's. Fuck, 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 shit, like, fuck, God damn it, McFly a fucking dumbass. Um, yeah. So, <sighs> oh, uh, want to get this out of the way? Uh, Andrew's a furry. All right. Uh, let's God do it. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I had something important? I, I did.
0: I thought. I thought this was gonna be a great important. Big thing for Devin. I hope he was finally coming out of the closet, but nope, not today. Damn, that was Andrew's helpful. a furry. All right. Okay. But, so, today's topic is teacher-teacher. So, what we're going to do with that is... Devin, this was your idea, so I'll kind of let you explain it more. Like, what is All the teacher-teacher? Right. So,
1: teacher-teacher is a idea I had where one of us brings a specific topic and... One of uh, say that they're an expert on quote unquote expert because no one's really an expert on it. We,
0: well, they know a lot of
1: things, but they're not. No the good portion of it. So um, Andrew, his thing that he wanted to talk about is wrestling, and I know we've talked about. Wrestling here and there, and that stupid fucking Kane storyline. I don't know. I <laughs> Which don't know, one? I don't know what episode we talked about it in. Uh, deep I, Look. Deep Look? I, I, just, I, I actually just listened to it. And deep I remember raging about that stupid fucking weird sexual assault storyline.
0: Yeah. Well, there was two, remember?
1: Well, there was two, but it's yeah. never ha- it happened. It didn't need to. I want more silly stuff like Wrestling God, because yeah. that was funny. Uh. It was funny? Vince McMahon has yeah. a pinfall against the Lord and Savior. Yep. Which
0: I love how his entrance too It was like Like it was a hymn And it was just a spotlight <laughs> Like No
1: one's gonna dress up as, cause, cause,
0: No one's actually gonna Willingly dress up as God
1: People People dressed up as Jesus All the time Yeah
0: but no one's gonna Dress up as God unless you,
1: unless you wanna get Morgan Freeman in there Which in all honesty Would be awesome Morgan Freeman Versus Vince McMahon
0: Who wins <laughs> Oh god That's a death battle That needs to happen <laughs> Come
1: on, Morgan Freeman was a Morgan Freeman was a fucking Marine, man.
0: That's true. So, uh, Vin, but Vince has uh, MMA backgrounds and stuff.
1: Yeah, but Vince is also
0: crazy. So, uh, Morgan Freeman's not crazy. He Morgan
1: just... Freeman. Morgan Freeman's his mind is, is like there. Yeah. Anyways, uh, but yeah, uh, he's going to bring us into the fold of the wrestling. Is how he sees it, essentially. So he's gonna. Provide us some insight we might not know about. Uh, So, Andrew. Yes. Get this out of the way. Why do you like wrestling? So, Why do you like grown men and leotards wrestling?
0: So it's kind of funny how um, I started liking Mm -hmm. wrestling was my first match I ever saw. Skin to skin content. Yes, all the skin to skin. Was Undertaker versus Stone Cold in a Buried Alive match. For me, I was three years old and I just saw these two brutes going at it. And, of course, at three years old, I thought it was real. Like, you know, we all know now it's scripted, it's choreographed. But at three years old, you think, oh, my God, these these men are truly trying to kill each other. And the story that they told in the match was so good. It was like, oh, you didn't know who was going to win. It was down to the last minute. And someone was going to, and obviously in our minds and everyone's mind, get buried alive. Someone was going to die. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was the spectacle. I fell in love with these big, in a way, they're kind of real-life superheroes. They're, in a weird way, they're like...
1: Modern-day gladiators. gladiators, yeah. Gladiators,
0: gladiators, was yeah. Was like,
1: any any combat sport, wrestling, uh, boxing, MMA, uh, yeah. judo, anything. Any combat sport that I, like, modern-day bro- gladiators. gladiators the reason I say
0: superhero is more like Undertaker, because he was supposed to have mythical powers Mm -hmm. you know he could control lightning and obviously he could come back from the dead and stuff like that so he was more of the superhero it was like superhero versus gladiator type thing like undertaker he has these mythical powers versus this badass who just kicks ass which was stone cold and just the spectacle of it all the big sport of like everything you know the showmanship Stone Cold, you know, and I fell in love with Undertaker. Be- like, I've always been a Taker fan ever mm-hmm. since I started watching wrestling. Like, even when he was a bat, a heel, like, are also known as bad guy. So I'm going to be probably using some terms. I'll explain what those terms are here and there. So he- heel is bad guy. Babyface is good guy. So, you know, and, but what I liked about the Stone Cold Undertaker match was it was so what could happen. Someone's going to die. Like, of course, like I said, I was three. I would believe someone was going to die. Knowing now, obviously, no one, you know, Taker's been came back from the, quote unquote, dead multiple times. And that's kind of why I fell in love with it. And then just going through, throughout the sport, like throughout watching it, it just, the love grew and grew and grew. And then when I was 16, I actually started wrestling. Uh, doing this, uh, doing WWE style wrestling because like I wrestled in middle school and stuff, but I fell in love with it. Like you know, they say when you get bit by the bug, you mm-hmm. you got bit by the bug. That's mm-hmm. what happened. First time I ever stepped in a ring, I was sold. Um, and from then on, I just fell in love with it more. And I love the roar of the crowd. I love going out there, even when I play a bit a heel, when I play a bad guy, when I play my entitled millennial character. Knowing that I can make someone hate me so much that they are like, What the fuck is this guy do like they boo me the minute that they walk out the door like I walk out the curtain or mm. I could be out in public and they see me and they're like, Hey, fuck you it means I'm doing my job right. And I love that. It's 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 playing a character that you normally wouldn't play in real life. Like
1: it's like it's like one of those, um it's like an actor playing a really good like, the kid who played Joffrey in Game of Thrones... Yeah. He got so much fucking shit. Because he played a good bad guy.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, and that's what I I love about it. And, like, even, and when I played a good guy, I loved when... Like, I was one time at the fair, and I had, like, four or five people come up, like... Hey, what's up? And asked for my autograph. Like, they knew who I was, and I love that, too. It's, it's such a big engulfment, and, like, with wrestling... With the people you wrestle with, a lot of the times it becomes a brotherhood. You know, you do make friends. You make a family out of it. Like, has there been people I wrestled with that I didn't like? Yeah, not going to lie. I'm not going to BS. You're not going to like
1: all your co am yeah
0: I'm, yeah, I'm not going to BS and be like, oh, they're all my best friends. No, I didn't like many people. But the ones I did like and the ones I did grow fond with, like, there, it was a brotherhood. Like... Me and uh, my tag team partner at one point, it was a random put together team. Like I came back after like a six month hiatus because I was just kind of getting uh, worked out, you know, with wrestling, work, all that. My mind was not mentally there. So I took a break, came back and the promoter's like, hey, we're going to put you with this guy. And I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, didn't really think anything of it. But me and him, we actually grew such a great bond. We were a great tag team. Mm-hmm. And you get that because, you know, you're with that person a lot. Like when we're cutting promos, we had to be together with each other. We're, we're talking every day trying to figure out what we're going to do, what our next promo is going to be. However, you know, we're going to do this, this and this. And it is. It's like and that's one nice thing is to get that brotherhood. Hmm. And so I think that's what made me fall in love with it more, too, is knowing that if eventually like if I had to go into war, I have these people and
2: mm-hmm.
0: and, you know, it's and but what first got me into it was just that sportsman. Yeah. The, the show and from then on it was just like, I've been hooked and mm-hmm. you know I haven't been wrestling a lot because you know COVID and then all that and just working you know because sadly where I got to pay the bills like uh, eventually I do want to go back and hopefully we'll be able to but right now I got to pay the bills and I got to focus on work mm-hmm. so that's how I got into it and what made me love it Um, and I think the only thing I can say is that there are some times where I don't agree with certain things with wrestling, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, one big thing that I think I've, I've mentioned this a lot is when there's feuding companies, everyone's like, oh, I enjoy this company over this company. Well, I used to not be like that. I was like, I like every company. I still enjoy watching uh, WWE at points, but I am more of an AEW guy now mm-hmm. because I'm a big storyline guy. I love a good storyline that gets me hooked, that makes me believe in the story. Mm-hmm. AEW's been really good about that. like They know how to keep their stories going. For the most part, there's some that I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, Where WWE has gotten kind of the point where... It's just not there anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
0: even some of the ma- like even their matches, I'm like, if you can put on a good match and it's entertaining, then okay, I don't need the full storyline all the time. But they're not even doing that anymore. I like, think there, there's been a couple matches where I've literally was like, what the fuck is this? Like, like even the big name guys that were um, had amazing matches constantly are even going downhill, and I think it's just because they don't care. But how can you care when a company's releasing fifty guys a year? Yeah, it's like just last month they released 20 people it's like what what what, how eventually you're you know like me and my brother were making a joke about the royal rumble and you know that's a 30-man uh man match it's like do they even have 30 men to do this because they've released so many so yeah i think that's the biggest thing with wrestling that's how i got into it um You got What else you wanna ask, Dev? Because I know you probably got questions and shit. Why,
1: um, why don't you tell me, um, tell me some of your favorite people in wrestling? Tell
0: uh, me, um, favorite people in wrestling. Okay, so just throwing shit. That's yeah, I mean. Devin's throwing shit. Um, obviously you know who my favorite wrestler is is John Cena. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked him since he started because you know he came out with the whole ruthless aggression thing. He's like. We against Kurt Angle. He shut and like he proved that like oh I should be here. Then he did the character where he was rapping and that was just fun to me. It's like oh, rapping white guy, okay, but he did good. Like a lot of people didn't expect him to be good about it or be like oh, oh. It's like okay whatever. But and then just growing, I grew, like he, as he grew, I kind of grew along like watching him grow. And then he became the whole hustle, loyalty, respect guy, you know, never gives up, yada, yada, yada. And, like, you could tell he was a workhorse. He was putting in the hours. Not as much anymore, obviously. He's kind of doing the movie thing and stuff. But... Yeah, he's had that peacemaker thing going on for yeah, a minute. for a minute. But I think what I like about Cena, too, is it's just Cena being Cena. Mm-hmm. You know, like, obviously he's joking around and stuff, but I've always liked Cena from get-go, and mm-hmm. I think it's just because he's always just been seen. It wasn't, like, the rapping thing, uh, how it started was actually, he just, he was dressed as Vanilla Ice at a Halloween party, and I think it was, like, he started rapping randomly, and one of the videos was, like, him rap- rapping to Stephanie McMahon, mm-hmm. and Vince caught it, caught wind of it and saw it, and he's like, you gotta do this from now on, and he's uh, like, okay, but it worked. You know, he got, he had, a, he made an album that went on the billboards, I don't remember what, level but it was on
1: there um Can you imagine people having a conversation on that shit at first happens like oh honey have you heard this new song oh yeah who's it by a wrestler what? what
0: but i mean if you think about it chris jericho he has the band Fozzy. and they make amazing music don't know if you've ever heard of any of them i think i've showed you a couple songs well mm-hmm.
1: i don't remember um
0: but yeah I, i've always liked cena just, I, like I said, like, I think just because he is who he is. Um, speaking of Chris Jericho, he is another one of my favorites. Mm. Um, what I love about Jericho, kind of like when I was talking about Kane, is he always knew how to adapt. Who? Uh, Jericho. Chris Jericho. But when I talked about we, Kane you, you're and about uh, Deep yeah. Look, you know, because I'm, I'm, we already know Kane and I like him. If you listen to Deep Look, you'll know why. Deep um, looking at it. Sorry. Uh, ooh. <laughs> Kinky. <laughs> but... But he also like he was one that knew how to adapt to any character. Mm-hmm. Like he always adapted, no matter yeah. what. When he had to play the goofy in WC, like when he was in ECW, he was mm-hmm. just he was kind of himself. And then when he played in WCW, he had the he had a couple different weird gimmicks. Like one of my favorites was he uh, was facing Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Well, was supposed to face Goldberg in a storyline, blah blah blah, and he had his own context for being an asshole his own personal security because mm-hmm. uh, you've watched Goldberg's entrance at least right like you you've seen it while, where he comes out of his locker room followed by security yeah up until he hits a uh, gorilla position
2: mm-hmm.
0: which gorilla position is literally where you stand right before you make your entrance so that was kind of the, Jericho's joke because he had his own uh security but it was this dude named Rufus he had like it was just this fat balding dude like barely, like missing most of his front teeth And I think that's why um, I've always liked Jericho. He adapted. Like even when he, you know, he came back to, he went to WCW, did all that. You know, he also did a feud with uh, Dean Malenko. And Dean Malenko was like the man of a thousand holds or whatever. And Jericho was like, I'm the uh, man of a thousand and four holds. And he pulled out this scroll Mm. of just, and it was a thousand and four holds. Like uh, 200 of them were armbar which was kind of funny, but it was like it was just funny like and I, the fact that he could just always roll with it and adapt to whatever he was doing. Then he went into WWE and he did the feud with well, he kind of did a couple weird random feuds, but then he literally my, I think one of my favorite WWE feuds he did, which is does involve Kane was literally over a cup of coffee. <laughs> because Jericho accidentally spilled his coffee on Kane. And Kane got you know, it's Kane, he's a demon, he got pissed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> By god, it's got to be Kane. Um, and they had amazing matches, like their matches were really good. And then he did that. He won the, he was, the, he's the first ever undisputed champion, mm-hmm. which meant he held both, uh, he held the world title and the WWE title at the same time. Hmm. And he beat stone cold and the rock in the same night. He's the only person that can ever say that. And then just, he went away for a while to do Fozzy, you know, do his band and stuff, toured with them for a while. I think that's why I like him too, is like because he is another one that just went into music and made good with it. Mm-hmm. And then he came back to WWE, did the um, like savior type one where he he wrestled uh Randy Orton and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he just always knew how to adapt his character. And now, even in AEW, when he first uh did it, he was playing a heel. Um, even it, like he went, so actually before AEW, he went back to Japan and was known as the pain maker where he painted his face and all that, and had some really good matches with, uh, Kenny Omega and all that. So that was another great one. And then, yeah, in AEW now he's a good guy, but like, I think my favorite, and he's part of the inner circle, he's kind of the leader, but when he won the, he's had so many different nicknames in, um, AEW though too, cause he was like the demo God, Lay champion and a couple others. And I think that's why, like he's just always been able to adapt to whatever character they give him. And he's just fun with it. Um, another one of my favorites uh, is a uh, AWI. His name's Darby Allen.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think I love him one because he kind of reminds me of me. Um, he's from Seattle, smaller guy, um, crazy, insane,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, goes balls to the walls and just puts himself on the line. Yeah. And I've seen him actually a couple of times in person wrestle when I've gone to Seattle and stuff. So I love that. And like, he's just, um, and his story is really cool of how he, um, got big. Cause, um, a few, there's another podcast I listen to is called talk is Jericho mm-hmm. and of course with Chris Jericho and Darby. Oh, Allen. Really? oh right. No, no wonder. Um. And Darby Allen was on it one time, and he was talking about how, like, yeah, he used to live out of his van and stuff and just go from show to show, and I guess one time he had a shit in a bucket at times, <laughs> which is, like, but it's so cool, like, learning that and, like, seeing how much he grew and now where he's been, you know, he was um, TNT champion for AEW at one point, and he was an amazing champion. He's still killing it, like, um, there, um, the, like, there's... um. One guy I truly hate, though, is uh, MJF. He's another AEW guy, but I kind of gave him respect for this, is he talked about the four pillars of uh, AEW, mm-hmm. like the four yeah. pillars that are going to rise up. And it was MJF, of course, Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, and Darby Allin. And I completely agree with him there because, like, you know, I don't like MJF, but he's got talent, and he, is, he plays a great heel. Um, Jungle Boy, he's young, he's coming up. He's doing great.
1: He's young old boy, if you will. Yeah.
0: Well, um, do you actually want to know a fun fact? He's, uh, he's, uh, Luke Perry's son.
1: Where I get, where Yeah, I, yeah,
0: I know. Was... But isn't that, that's pretty, like, the fact that it's kind of funny, like, oh, right. music artist. Your son's a wrestler. Um, and then Sammy Gov. Oh, Luke, okay. Yeah, Luke Perry. Like, do you know who Luke Perry is. Um... And then, Jung, uh, no, Sammy Guevara, another great talent. But like I said, like Darby is like, he's that pillar that you wouldn't expect because like he he does he puts his body on the line, he mm-hmm. risks everything. Like, um, and what's really cool, one another fun fact, like well not fun fact, but another reason I love Darby so much is in his promos, he's doing all that film work, like everything you see on AEW when it comes to a promo and stuff, that's all him doing it, because mm-hmm. he's a film major and stuff. Like, so he doesn't. Like, have any, like, he could have like the whole big uh, boom thing, like, um, million dollar production and stuff. He's like, no, I'm gonna do it my way, which is really cool. And I'm glad AEW lets him do that. Like, that's why I like AEW so much too, is because they, you know, they do give a lot of creative control to Mm -hmm. the wrestlers. They're not, I think that's another reason why I'm like so for AEW more often now than WWE is because. WWE is so strict on everything they write and create, which I get you kind of have to be, but it's like, let them, let their wrestlers have some control where they're just like, nope, Vince takes it all. He's like, nope, this is what we're doing. Where AEW is like, okay, here, you guys got an idea? Go do it. And I think, yeah, like I love Darby because of those reasons. He's just, again, he kind of reminded me of where I'm only like, huh? you want to hit me with a fire? Okay, cool. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. I might be a little insane. Um but and then of course like I said I love taker I've always loved taker I think it's just his character Oh yeah just the 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 he's not unknown like you know what taker is but he was like he came out as un, like cuz he debuted at Survivor series as like a mystery uh fifth person for mm-hmm. Ted DiBiase's team and he just came out as like you're like who the fuck is this guy his name is the undertaker okay what does he do and just he began an amazing career you know the undefeated streak at wrestlemania up until brock lesnar beat it always you know his character as the dead man was great but then he did the american badass character which i love too and one thing i love about takers he up until like his last year actually until he was retired basically he didn't break kayfabe which i think i talked about it before but I'll explain it out. Kayfabe is basically staying in character. Mm -hmm. It's basically, the best way to put it is staying in character and staying true to what you are. Like Mm -hmm. what your character is. So there was a long time where if a heel couldn't ride with a baby face and a baby face, like vice versa. Or like if you were were feuding, you couldn't be caught near each other. Yeah. Or if you were caught near each other, if someone's like, oh, you had a fight right then and there. Mm-hmm. or because you couldn't break kayfabe you couldn't you know and it was actually kind of funny because like i said he stayed in kayfabe character for so long like there was a, I was watching a youtube video or something and roman reigns was feuding with him at the time he was gonna be his wrestlemania opponent and reigns comes up and he's like hey pal what's you doing he's like dude get away like character come on kayfabe and reigns is like huh even though at this point kayfabe's been dead kayfabe's been dead since 2004 basically like it was dead beforehand but that's when it kind of basically was just like done like everyone knew mm-hmm. this was choreographed this was scripted these are people these people are just characters but even at that point he was like dude stay in character you can't act like you like me you can't act like we're friends like so i've always liked that part and the fact that taker is just always willing to stay in character and never stop being in character like i always like that So, yeah, I think that's why Taker's always been my favorite is just because he always did know how to let things stay.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And I think that's kind of like favorite, favorite... Well, I guess... Oh, one more. Rey Mysterio. I I think he... he, I just love Rey because, well, Rey's fun. You know, Mm -hmm. he was started when he was young. Um, I kind of hold a special place with Rey because his first wrestling name was uh, El Calibre, which means the hummingbird in Spanish. And my first... I, th- I totally butchered s- pronouncing it, but whatever. And my first wrestling name was Hummingbird. So, like, kind of have that cool thing in common with him. <laughs> Don't have any of that, but I've always loved Ray, like, because he's just... He was that uh, amazing lucha talent that just always ha- could do great things. And Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Um, Him and then Eddie. Eddie Guerrero, you know. You know, rest in peace, Eddie. They, Those two had the best chemistry when it came to matches, like as a team, as opponents, whatever you put them in, they were amazing. Yeah. So those are probably my favorite favorites that I can think of right now. There'll po- probably be more later on down the road. I'll probably be like, "Oh yeah." But yeah. Uh
1: so you you brought up the fact that you wrestled uh, and stuff. Like, whyn't you whyn't whyn't you say something about that? Like give your experience about like your first-hand experience about wrestling and all that stuff. So The best
0: way I can put it, like, my firsthand experience was probably, you know, everyone has a different experience when it comes to wrestling. You know, I started, like I said, when I was really young. I was 16 um, years old, started with a bunch of grown men at the time. Um, Well, and the funny part is there was one time when I first started when I was 16, I actually had to stop for a little bit because my grades weren't good because the one thing like my mom was like fine with me doing it all that but she's like wanted me to have a good grades but also the guys i wrestled with were actually very adamant about me having good grades like it was kind of funny there was a couple times where especially when my grades were down they're like okay you can come to practices but one you don't get to get in the ring until your uh your homework's done and stuff so i like how to bring my homework to wrestling <laughs> so that's what i again where i mean like it was kind of a family aspect where they like they were like big brothers like no you're not doing this until this and i'm like Again, like I think I'm probably one of the only few people that actually had that experience where it's like, no, you don't get a wrestle until your homework's done. But, you know, I started, I did, I don't want to say the dumb thing, but I did the like the normal, like not normal thing, but I started in a backyard. I started in a makeshift ring that was two by fours, plywood, ropes, and tires,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and a little bit of carpet padding. That was our ring. And I'm pretty sure our canvas was a tarp. And that was up until, I want to say I was 19 or so. Mm-hmm. And then they finally got an actual, not I don't want to say finally, but they got an actual ring. And so doing it in the backyard, that's when I did a lot of, cra- like, I did some crazy matches. Um, actually, my first match was against one of my favorite opponents that I wrestled. His name's Ruck Rook Kelly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, him and me, I don't know. Like, I've always just, I enjoy wrestling him. Uh, he's probably been my better opponents. Like he does always put me like, make me work for it. And I think we just had always had good chemistry and the ring. That's just me. I don't know how he feels. Um, like, I'm not saying I put on any five star matches or anything, but he did bring out the best in me most of the time. Mm -hmm. And like, that was my first match when I was 16 in the backyard. And then I did matches where, you know, against people twice my age, Weapon matches, you know, i got hit with steel chairs, garbage cans, crutches, um, electric fly swatters. That was actually part of what my gimmick actually. Um, when I first started, I was, I said, my first wrestling name was hummingbird. They eventually turned it to Alex Anderson. And one of my gimm, part of my gimmick was I had this manager that was trying to cure me of my ADHD. So, you know, cause I was too quick in the ring. I was like, not focused. So part of him making me focus was he hit me with a electric fly swatter shock therapy, you know, and every like part of the gimmick was every time he hit me I, I'd, I'd like go out of the ring he'd hit me with it i go back in the ring and then I'm focused you know I'm actually like and I'm pounding on my opponent, and then you know I'd get distracted again and that's they...
1: not how that works, but all right, yeah,
0: but you know again it's it's wrestling, and then nothing actually ever is completely one hundred percent logical. But then eventually um, he stopped showing up, so kind of went off. But then um, there was this guy named uh, – his his wrestling name was Porno Mike. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, my storyline older brother, which actually kind of worked because he was actually twice my age. So it was supposed to be like the storyline was um, we got separated by our parents. Dad took me our, and mom took him or vice versa, whatever. And I finally came back to Spokane because I was technically supposed to be from Minnesota. Cause you know, the Anderson name, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I was supposed to be part of the Arn and Ole Anderson, like the Anderson foundation, which that didn't make sense. Cause I didn't look like any of that, but is what it is. But so the storyline was like, yeah, um, I came back from Minnesota to Spokane. He found me, or I came to, uh, because originally, the company I started with was uh, known as Spokane Anarchy Wrestling. Mm-hmm. So we started doing that where like I, I joined Spokane Anarchy Wrestling and he just kind of recognized me. He was like, you look so familiar. Storyline-wise, like, we figured out he was my older brother. Yeah. Well, then we went back um, and we did seasons, obviously, because like, we weren't inside, so outdoors. We didn't do it during the winter because fuck that shit. Yeah. Ring would have got destroyed. You know, snow and all that. So, during the, our next season, uh, the story was Porno Mike got in a car accident. Where actually, he just moved away for a while.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, I was basically kind of on my own, trying to find myself, blah, blah, blah. Then we get the actual ring. Mm-hmm. And I'm still Alex Anderson at this point, I think. I was Alex Anderson for up until, from I want to say started in 16. So, sorry, I'm trying to do math real quick. Uh, <laughs> you sure could that. see the smoke coming out of
1: his ears. It's
0: incredible. So, 2012, I want to say, is when I started. So, it was about 2014 or so.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: At this point in time, we're at a, a place called Peaceful Valley um we're on a baseball field actually wrestling that's the funny part we're wrestling on a baseball field we, this is at this point we had the actual ring all that mm-hmm. i want to say it was 2014 or so like ah. doing the math right that sounds about right and but you know i don't want to do math in my head all the time <laughs> but so it was really fun actually and we were doing it and storyline was you know i'm still finding myself i'm still going after things then porno mike comes back Mm. but this time he he doesn't go by porno mike anymore he's known as legendary michael matthews Mm -hmm. he drops the porno name he like apparently he was found and the story is now i won the tag team titles and he's he joined up with this other dude named bruce briscoe Mm. and the story is like i lose to bruce briscoe which i was only like the third or fourth win Bruce Briscoe's ever won. Mm-hmm. But the story was like, he's going to help him get better and and all that. And he's come back for revenge because I didn't look for him. Well, that all got scrapped. Because eventually we went to, we, we got a venue. Mm-hmm. We got an indoor venue. Um, don't know if you know the place, Swax. No, it did
1: not sound familiar, but you know um, what? It's had...
0: Like, four or five different names since then. Um, it was over by, um, you know, where Hobby Lobby and stuff yeah. is, down Division. It's it's, yeah. in, it's over there. Um, but that's where we started. Um, I lost the tag... Well, the funny part is, so I was still the tag team champion at this new season once we got a venue. Well, my tag team partner basically got fired.
2: Because
0: mm. during one event, it was the Battle of Washington. It was... S.A.W. versus another company uh, out in Tacoma called N.W.P. And they basically was another there was supposed to be a a battle royal or royal rumble style battle royal where people come in at different intervals. And um, my partner got asked to wear this dude's uh, other outfit other gimmick to be in part of the battle royal because he was already going to be the the dude was already going to be in it. And we needed that person. Well, he tried to pawn it off on me. He's like, go ask my partner to do it. And they're like, no. One, I wouldn't fit the outfit. Dude was a bigger dude. He's like, no, we're asking you. It was kind of like a test. Like, Mm. are you going to listen or no? Well, he had a huge bitch fit and left. Like, literally handed me his tag belt and left. So, he got fired. So, they had to find me a new partner. Which, this dude's name was uh, Alistar. A cool dude. Really liked him. And so... I'm just going through my whole career, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. You know, fuck it. He asked for my experience. This is my experience. <laughs> and then eventually... So we lose the titles. and Naturally. Yeah, I And I felt bad. Because he w- actually... He is the only person I know in history to have held the belt without winning it, but also lose it by getting pinned. Because <laughs> I didn't get the pinfall. Because the storyline was... um, My knee was hurt at the time. And they really wanted me to take six months off to go to get some more training and stuff. Which... Completely fine. I understood that. So I was like, yeah, I'll do that. So the story was like, they, during the match I got hurt to where I couldn't help him get, you know, out of the pin. I'm like, I feel really bad. I should have took the pinfall. Because, like, that's a pretty shitty thing to have on your record. Mm-mm. You got handed a belt because some other dude got fired. You don't even actually get to defend the belt once. And you get pinned to lose it. And you never actually won it. So, I'm like, I should have took him the pinfall. But it was what it was. You know, I get what they did. It is what it is. Yes. So, after the six months... I come back, do a couple more matches as a, uh, Alex Anderson. And then I was like, you know what? I, I didn't want to be Alex Anderson anymore. Right. Like it wasn't me. I mean, the character was me. It was just up, but I'm like, I don't want to be this anymore. I don't want to be, I don't want my storyline, my lineage to be part of the Anderson. I'm like, I don't look like them. I don't like, it doesn't make sense. I'm not like, so eventually I changed my name to Andrew Michelson, mm-hmm. which is just my first and middle name with a son at the end, obviously. Um, I did that for multiple reasons. One, no one can actually pronounce my last name. Right. So I wasn't going to go by my actual last name. What the fuck? Josie. I don't even know what she said.
1: Josie said Uh, your last name.
0: Yeah. Well, I couldn't understand it, but no one should like, even like the guys, like they try to pronounce it. Like, yeah, the announcers try to pronounce it one time. I'm like, yeah, that ain't going to work. So we'll just do, make it easy. And I was going by that. Like I, I didn't have a nickname at the time. It was just Andrew Michelson. Mm-hmm. And I was wrestling under that name. Like, new character, new me. I started going... To, uh, <laughs> new like,
1: year, new, new me. me.
0: Um, and I also started coming, being built out of Green Bay, Wisconsin.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm like, you know what? I have a giant Green Bay logo tattoo on my arm. Because you're
1: a nerd. You're
0: right. damn right. So I was like, you know what? Because like um, when I changed my name, they're like, well, where do you want to be built out of? I literally looked at my tattoo and I'm like, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Let's do it. They're like, okay. Let's do it. So did that um started just wrestling under that gimmick under just andrew michelson for the longest time doing one-off matches with random people here and there but still showing my character as like you know i was kind of the role model you know i was the kid with the heart problem that no matter what was
1: never going to get knocked down this kid this this child this child had three forms of cancer Two DUIs in a car accident. Please feel stand right. for him. Do but, it now. on. But, but it worked, you know, because
0: it was. Like, it was like, I was kind of the, even though you you might be disabled, you know, you might be this, don't let that stop you. It was like, anything what you can do. was your intro
1: music? Sarah McLachlan? No. um in the arms of
0: arms. I actually had two. So, when I was Andrew Michelson, it was I Will Not Bow by Branky and Benjamin. Or not Andrew Michelson, when I was Alex Anderson. When I was Andrew Michelson, up until I got my music made, because I actually have um, my own music that I got made, I was using Born to Lead by uh, Falling in Reverse. Mm -hmm. Well, that was for... uh, So, Saw actually eventually became IPW. And then pro wrestling... You do what? IPW. So, so when I was wrestling for them, it was Born to Lead. Well, at the time, as I was still wrestling for... uh, IPW, uh, another company started forming, known uh, as Cascade Championship Wrestling,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I started wrestling for them too. And when we started doing, that's actually where the promoter I was telling you about, where my tag team partner, me and him, uh, his name was Ryan Anthony Durad, Duran Durad, aka Rad. Uh, we started using uh, the song "Do You Know the Way," Good. like it's the. It was a joke off the you know the Ugandan knuckles. Mm-hmm. It was that joke. Because we were known as the Neon Hearts, yeah. So, um, but I'll get into that a little bit more. Which sounds
1: like a gay club in Vegas.
0: Kind of. I'll get more into that in a second. But so back to IPW when I was—you asked my internship music, so I was going to that in a little bit. Um, when I was in IPW, I cut a promo about how Phoenix never dies. You know, it always just rises to the ashes. Well, one of the people were like, "That's it's really cool. Like, you know, start. You should start doing that." I'm like, "Doing what?" Like, so I eventually became the Phoenix Andrew, Andrew Michaelson. And that was kind of my gimmick is no matter what, even if I lose, you're going to beat me down. I'm going to come back stronger because the Phoenix has a thousand lives. And so I did all that up until IPW folded because the owners ran out of money, couldn't afford it, all that. So I started strictly wrestling for Cascade for a while, at least in Spokane. Um, and they basically, that's when me and uh, Rad got together known as the Neon Hearts because basically his gimmick was he wore a lot of neon, my heart problem. So we were good guys for the longest time and had a six-month feud with this guy named J.P. Sullivan and the Sullivan brothers because he had a brother named Mickey where we went back and forth, winning, losing. Well, finally, at uh, Cascade Fallout, I want to say it was 2018. Yeah, 2018, me and Rad turned heel. We turned into them bad guys. Um, I low blowed JP um, after the match. We go to shake his hands. Our manager, his name was Greg rents He, as he's shaking JP's hand, I low blow him. We attack him, cut a promo about how we're not, we don't deserve better, we're entitled to better. And that's how the entitlement was formed. And that's where the entitled Andrew Michael came in. And I was, a, I've been kind of doing that for a while. Um, me and Ryan, we won the tag team titles. Um, and then eventually we lost him and I blamed Ryan for it, obviously. Cause I didn't, again, lost the belts, but didn't get pinned. I didn't get pinned. So I blamed him for it and we had a little feud. Um, so that was kind of all my Spokane, but a lot of the time in Spokane, the reason I kind of don't want to like, I've stopped wrestling is I just don't feel a lot. Of, and I, I'm not the first person to say this in Spokane. I know I'm not, um, we're not always appreciated here don't get paid what we deserve sometimes and i'm not saying i deserve a lot of money but um i anything like that but just sometimes the promoters are they don't think about that stuff or they don't have the money so it's whatever but i but also as my character like i didn't feel like i was getting pushed enough like i won a tag title cool but it was i i held it for two months and i got my ass beat when i lost it i basically how i lost it is we got jumped me and my partner got jumped, beaten throughout the arena. He finally gets put in the ring. They ring the bell. Power bomb, top rope leg drop, he gets pinned. Again, I wasn't even involved in the pin. And I was, so it was kind of like, my I was supposed to be entitled to this, but never got really. So my character kind of got down. But then, you know, I went to Seattle a couple times, wrestled for a couple of different companies. One, CPW. And I got to wrestle, cool, like, my first match there, I was in the semi-main event. And I won. And so, like, I felt like they actually saw my worth. They saw who I was. So, (coughs) that's kind of been my experience. Like I said, I haven't wrestled since probably 2020. Maybe 2019. Right about when COVID started. Just because, again, took time off to get my head straight and everything, but also... COVID hit, wrestling couldn't happen for the longest time, and then just now I'm working, and I got to pay the bills somehow, and sadly right now, wrestling ain't going to pay the bills for me. And also, I eventually want to go actually train properly, like Mm. go to an actual school, but those cost a shit ton of money, so again, have to save up, got to pay, you know, so that's been kind of my experience with wrestling, um again like I, I don't I know like that everyone else has everyone has their weird experiences where I've had mine. Um, I told you one of my favorite opponents was Rook Kelly. Um, I didn't mind wrestling JP. I like the guy he's a cool dude, but it was kind of hard because it was a dude that was literally my dad's age so he could only do so much so a lot of the time our matches were the same match for six months straight. people get bored of that kind of got stale. And that's where I kind of also felt like they always say you get better by putting people in the ring that that are better than you to push you. A lot of time with Cascade and even an IPW and stuff, I wasn't getting that. The only person I've ever faced that was better than me. And I'm not saying again, I'm not saying I'm the greatest of all time. But what I mean by better than me is that had more experience that had because a lot of the people they were putting me against had the same amount of experience than me. You can't get better by facing the same person that's doing the same moves that you do. Like you need to face people that was Rook. Because, you know, Rook actually went to school. Rook did all this. So he pushed me. Where a lot of the people, like I said, they were putting me with the same, with people with the same experience, if not less experience. But to be fair, too, my first three years, I was a test dummy. That's another part of my experience where, you know, I was just, oh, we're going to do this move on you and you're going to like it. Never, even during practices and training, I wasn't really training. I was getting thrown out around like a rag doll. So that was my experience with wrestling. Like I said, it wasn't good, it wasn't bad, it was kind of an in-between of I enjoyed it, but there was times where I got sour. Like wrestling, obviously, like I've been talking about it this much. You can tell it's my passion. Mm -hmm. But eventually you do get sour of it sometimes. Like, you know, even pros like Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, and stuff, like they got left the WWE because they got sour of it. It made them not love it anymore. And now they're both in AEW. (coughs) So that was my experience with wrestling. Um, I think... The only thing I can say is like... I'm told, I said my favorite opponent is kind of my least favorite. My biggest moment, and I think my favorite moment was actually when I did win the tag titles with Ryan. Is because not only was my mom there. Your dad, your mom, your sister, your brother, and my dad were there. Or I said my dad, right? Yeah. I mean, I wish you could have been there, but I think you were working that day or something, or or you were doing something. I can't remember what you were doing that day. I probably were. I was. I, I was think working were, nights. Yeah, you were working nights. you were still at Amy's at the time. Mm-hmm. So, but that was really cool. To like the the fact that your mom and stuff could see me be there when I won a title, and it was kind of it wasn't like an important day or anything in my life, but like the fact that they were there was pretty important. Yeah. Um. So that was probably my. My least favorite moment, though, was, I think, um, when I almost shit myself in the ring.
2: Mm.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That was not, I like, well, because my dumbass, so I ate Panda, because normally I don't eat before my matches, but I like really, or not like right before my matches, but I was really, I didn't eat all day. It was like four o'clock and I really needed to eat. And the show didn't start till I think six or seven or so. I was like, okay, yeah, let's just eat something real quick. So I just had a small Panda Bowl. Well, then one of the wrestlers, I want to say wife or girlfriend or something, brought Taco Bell for everyone. Well, you know me, I can't, I can't say no when someone like buys me something or like I'm like okay. So I had a, a Taco. You could have said later. Yeah. Well, I didn't think about it. <laughs> I was,
1: I was, you just ate. So yeah. I was just like oh, thank you so much. Please, I appreciate that.
0: Later. Later, yeah. Well, it was it was a couple of, like it was like a couple hours out. It was like right before my match, so I was like, yeah, let me eat this real quick. So I I wasn't still hungry. I was like still I was hungry at the time, so I'm like, yeah, one real quick. Not thinking, hey, panda and Taco Bell probably isn't the best thing to put on your stomach
1: together. Yeah. So I'm in the match
0: and I literally like I think I get suplexed or something, and all I hear is, I feel a little bit. I'm like, oh god, we gotta go home early. Luckily the match wasn't supposed to go along anyway, so it's like we finished up the match. I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Get in the room and I get in the bathroom and just blow it the fuck up. But I'm not the first person that's I had that happen, so I've actually know someone who literally shit in the ring. So that was probably the least. Um
1: what else you got for me, Dev? Uh so why don't you talk about like um your favorite WWE? storylines like like what like what the wwe actually had because you've been kind of ragging on them for a minute so i guess i have um what what is something that you really like about the wwe um
0: i mean like i said back in the day i just feel like it's nowadays where their storylines are kind of going wonky but back in the day i think one of my favorite storylines was actually um john cena versus edge Their rivalry, I think, doesn't get enough credit where credit's due. Because, you know, the rivalry everyone talks about when it comes to Cena is Cena versus Orton. Which I agree with that is probably... I, I would say of Cena's best rivals is Edge and Orton. They bring out the best of each other in both ways. Edge brings out the best of Cena and so does Orton. But what I liked about their rivalry was, you know, Edge is kind of the rocker, you know. And Cena's the rap guy. So that was kind of like best of two different worlds where they're kinda going at it and it was just a great rivalry altogether, you know. The the title switched back and forth. Cause originally how Cena lost the belt to Edge after it was after a year of Cena's holding it. Actually over a year, I think at this point, Edge Cash is in the money in the bank, which basically the money in the bank is a contract for a belt, a championship at any time, anywhere, any place. It was right after Cena just won the Elimination Chamber match, had the belt, bloody, broken, and Edge cashed in. So Edge won it that way, lost it to Cena, I think the next pay per view or whatever. But it all led up to this great, amazing TLC match mm-hmm. where one of my favorite moments of that match was Cena FU's Edge through, I want to say two or three uh tables jeff you is just a fireman carry that he throws and you see after cena grabs the title like this is how you knew cena had like like it was real to him but like how cena did have care for edge like even though they were rivals they actually in real life are really good friends same with orton and cena like cena and orton actually are probably like best friends in real life but as right but they make great rivals because they're such good friends is after he did it, you see in Cena's face, he just sees the you see the regret of like, why did I have to do that kind of thing? Like, but it was part of the story. But throughout the whole story, they told a great story, you know, it got personal. Edge went to Cena's house, slapped his father. Um, you know, Cena always ragged on Lita, which at the time was Edge's girlfriend, and it was just so good. And I think that's one of my, I love that storyline. You know, because it was so personal. Um, there's not much, like I said, it wasn't a long storyline, but it was a good one. You know, uh, Cena threw Edge into, I can't remember what lake, but he threw him into a lake. Um, Cena had his original, well, actually the, the story behind why he threw him in the lake was, so Edge won the title, and, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you you remember the spinner belt Cena had, the WWE spinner belt, well, Edge won that belt in customized it made his own he just basically put a made the spinner but it was just a rated r it was a star and put a it said rated r because he was no he's known as the radar superstar well he threw the WB, Cena's WWE, seeing his ww belt which you knew it wasn't actually seen as it was a replica because cena has the actual belt in his home actually i think it's in his dad's home but he threw it in the lake so they're going at it you know blah blah, blah and he throws it in the lake and i can't remember what he says i'm pretty sure he's like go get it bitch or something like that but because it, it was so personal, I loved it. Um, well, I already talked about the storyline I really liked was uh, Undertaker versus Stone Cold but got me into it. I went back and actually followed, like... Because, again, it was my first match. I didn't actually know the story behind yeah. it. But well, after I went back and watched this whole story, it was just a great story. It was a build of... Um, Undertaker was uh, basically trying to kill Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stone Cold was fighting off. Like, one time, he... Uh, Pretty sure this was the same. uh, uh, He tried to embalm. uh, Fill Stone Cold up with embalming fluid. Um, And stuff like that. Um, He tried to. Crucify Stone Cold. All that. So it was like. It basically was the. Good versus bad. Again obviously. All these storylines are mostly good versus bad. But. Where Stone Cold was basically fighting for his life. Mm -hmm. And. Trying to show that he wasn't going to back down. Like Undertaker didn't. He didn't fear Undertaker. He didn't. He wasn't afraid of Undertaker, and that storyline was just so good because of that. Like, and then again, it led to an amazing match, and it was it all led up to that. Like, and I'm pretty sure like at this time, I think at this time leading into it, like they won the tag titles together, which isn't normal, you know. Normally, the person you're feuding with, you don't win the tag titles with. But then again, that's time tag titles change hands a weird t- amount of times. So that one, and then I think my favorite storyline of all time, actually, it's not WWE, but it was. It was actually this is a more recent one, maybe not of all time, but the most recent one I really liked. Actually, there there's an AEW and a WWE. Um, AEW, the, there's this wrestler named Hangman Page. He, um, so he was actually for the first ever AEW champion. It was him versus Chris Jericho, going at it. He lost the match. Kind of started dwindling, won the tag titles with Kenny Omega. They had a great tag title run, then dwindling again. It was like a two year build of him getting to the final. Yeah. The big accomplishment of winning the world title. Well, he just won the world title a couple months ago Mm -hmm. and won an an amazing match against Kenny Omega. Because, like, the whole storyline was Kenny uh, after they lost the uh, tag titles, Kenny betrayed him, Kenny went heel, all that. So I love that. Like, that's what I mean. Like, longevity storylines, I love that. Um, and then my most recent WWE one was, uh, Kofi Kingston. The story was he actually got replaced. So, and the Elimination Chamber match, it was originally supposed to be, or was a, it was a gauntlet match at first, I think. One of the two, um, originally it was supposed to be Mustafa Ali in the match. Mm-hmm. Well, he got hurt. So they replaced him with Kofi. Kofi had such an amazing performance. Everyone in the, no, it was the Elimination Chamber match because it was the Elimination Chamber match for the WWE title. Kofi's been wrestling for WWE for 11 years at this point. He's only ever won mid-card titles and tag titles. And that's a big longevity of not to win a main title. So, the whole storyline is, like, the fans loved him, so it was known as Kofi-mania, trying to get to WrestleMania. Um, Jumping through loop after loop, hoop after hoop after hoop. Like, Vince McMahon put everything in front of him. Like, he was supposed to... He won a championship title match at, I think it was... Wasn't it was the mat, the pay-per-view before WrestleMania. I don't remember the pay-per-view. But Vince McMahon replaced him with Kevin Owens. And then he had a fight back, you know, he won gauntlet matches. Uh Vince is still like, nope, you don't get it yet. Even though he's told him if you win the gauntlet match, you get it. So eventually it was uh uh Biggie and Xavier Woods had to win a tag team gauntlet match mm-hmm. for him to get in. They won, he was in. And at WrestleMania, he finally won the big one, won the title. And yeah. it, it was probably one of the best WrestleMania matches because it was against Daniel Bryan. And it was a good 20, 30 minutes, and I just love that. Like, I'm always the – again, it, like, it was kind of like Pillow – like, if you notice, like, the Hanging at Madden Page and WWE uh, the Kofi one were kind of similar. Like, the, the story of yeah. getting to the big goal. But I just love those ones. Like, it's the chase that I always love. So those are my favorite storylines so far. So yeah, those are my favorite storylines. Um, what else you got for me, Dev?
1: I have an idea. Why don't you tell me your favorite matches? Because matches and storylines are two very different things.
0: You're not wrong there. You actually are very true because... Some- I am true. I mean, I mean right. What Truth,
1: the- justice in the American yeah. way.
0: Because, you know, some storylines have horrible matches, but the storyline was great. And yeah. some matches don't even involve the storyline.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, one, my I think my all-time favorite match is... Macho Man, Randy Savage versus Ricky Steamboat, oh, Wrestlemania yeah. 3, yeah. Inter- the it's Intercontinental title. Okay,
1: when you snap into Slim Jim? Okay,
0: now. Um, Look, come on,
1: you can't... No, fucking, I know, you, you can't, can't not... bring up Macho Man, Rain Without yeah, thinking that. No, I know. His voice.
0: No, I know. But that match is just, oh my god. Like, I think, honestly, a lot of people, that's one of their favorite matches as a fan... Even some professional wrestlers themselves say that's one of their favorites because it is just so psychologically pleasing and just uh, so amazing. Like, um, the match itself, I cannot do justice explaining. Yeah, it's one that if you have never seen it, go see it. It's so you know I talked about how i have never done four star match or five star match or whatever. There's actually a rating system with matches. There's this guy named David Meltzer, which he kind of is a hard up on Japanese. Um, He does, he has a match rating where it's one, two, three, four, five star. Um, I don't think he was around publishing at the time. He's normally, uh, he does like random different, uh, I think, well, it's, he did, uh, not Russell, he did. Do stories and publishing for PWI, which is Pro Wrestling Illustrated for a long time. That's where most of his uh, ratings came from and stuff. But I don't think he was around at this time, but I would say he would probably give it a five-star match. If he didn't already, I don't remember. Um, But again, he's normally for Japan, very five-star heavy for Japan. There's only been a few, maybe at the most 10, if that, I don't even think 10, five-star matches in America. Um, Most of them involving the same people. But that was like, to me, it was five stars. And again, that's just me. But it was so psychologically pleasing and it was just a great wrestling match. It wasn't, there was not a lot of high spots, not a lot of crazy stuff. And what's the greatest part is, so it had 21, it was either 21 or 23, false finishes, which basically means false pins. Um, it, It was, they'd be so close to a three, but kick out at every time. Like, and I guess it was actually kind of cool. Um I was, again, listening to the podcast of um, Takis Jericho and Ricky Steamboat. I guess Randy Savage had ten full pages. It was, it was ten or so, a lot, at least ten. At the least ten, if not more. Front and back of how the match was going to go. Step by step by step. And I love that stuff. Like, you don't get that a lot anymore. It's a lot of on the fly. A lot of, and the best part about it was... The finish wasn't anything spectacular or big. It wasn't like a finishing move. It wasn't a Randy's elbow from the top rope or, you know, uh, anything big. It was literally a roll-up. It was just a roll-up, one, two, three. But I loved that because it was so just, it was a shocking finish. You didn't expect it to end like that. But like I said, if you're a wrestling fan and you haven't watched this match, you're wrong. (laughs) You're a bad wrestling fan. Just kidding. Just kidding. But if you haven't, go see, go watch it. It's it's again. I can't explain and do justice for how amazing it is. It's one that you have to watch. Again, most of the matches I say my favorite matches are going to be ones you have to go back and watch. Um, another one, Sting versus Ric Flair, class of champions ended in a draw. was a forty-five no, I think it was an hour. It's forty-five minutes or an hour draw. Um, but it was again another very good psychological, you know, not a lot of crazy high spots. Because don't get me wrong, I'm one that I like the high spots. I'm not saying I don't like high flying. Like I said, Ray Mysterio, one of my favorite wrestlers, he does a lot of those. But I don't always want to see those. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I don't always want to see high spots 24-7. I want to see a good classic chain wrestling, all that. And I really enjoyed that match because it was just... And the fact that it ended in a draw. It was just so Perfect. Um, and Sting and Ric Flair always had really good chemistry, no matter watching him wrestle. Um, back in the day, obviously I don't want to see, um, (laughs) Ric Flair wrestle anymore. He's too damn old. Um, but yeah, that was probably another one of my favorites. Um, again, those are a lot older. Oh, and then another one, uh, this was a lot of high spots, but Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio, uh, Halloween Havoc 1997. It was... Uh, Eddie's title versus Ray's mask. Um, one, I loved the outfit Ray wore. It was like a phantom. It was an all purple, full body suit, which he never, like, he didn't wear at the time. It was a kind of a one-off thing. Now he does it more often. It's kind of he kind of has the butt full body suit, but it was really cool to see. And like I was saying earlier, Eddie and Ray, even as a tag team or opponents, they had the best chemistry. But this match had the high spots where they were needed. And it just, they they flowed so well together. And they flowed into each other. Like, the high spots weren't like, bam, bam, bam. And just were like, why did that happen? They were like, bam, into like a smaller thing, into another new high spot. But it flowed so well. And I, again, like I said, these I can't do them justice just by talking about them. But that match was so good. It's actually probably known as WCW's best match they've put on ever. At least ninety-five percent of the people that talk about it will say that. And then, most recently, again, I know I'm talking a lot about. Well, I guess I've been to- I talked a lot about WWE there too, but um, was AEW? It was. Uh, there's actually a couple that I'm trying to. Pick which one is actually my favorite favorite so, like out of them because if I talk about all my favorite WWE matches, there's gonna be twenty of them. Mm-hmm. So probably either Kenny Omega and Hangman Average, and Page versus the Young Bucks, or Darby Allen and Sting versus Team Taz, and I can't remember the name. I think it was a, just a Chicago Street fight, or New York Street fight. It was whatever. It was a street fight. But again, I think. Why I liked Hangman and, and Kenny Omega versus Young Bucks. Um, it was actually I think David Meltzer actually rated it as a six star match. Which is very rare. Six star matches like almost never happen, obviously. But it was again, it was just so phenomenal to watch. I can't remember which pay per view was at. but it was at a pay-per-view. But it was just so phenomenal match because it was just because it was four really good friends going at it. Young Bucks are an amazing tag team. Kenny Omega's got the talent, and so does Hanging Man Adam Page. And it was just an all-out battle, but the match was always so so good and so smooth. And then I liked uh, Sting and Darby versus uh, Team Taz was because it was kind of like a cinematic match, which is basically everything was it was like a uh shown before, like basically like a movie. Yeah. And I love, I do enjoy those matches, but uh, again, Darby's one of my favorite wrestlers. Sting's another one of my favorites. And it was just such a good, how they showed everything, you know, they showed Darby putting his life on the line, you know, and that, again, like, that's what I love about Darby. And it was just, it flowed again. I know I keep saying a lot of these matches flow so well together, but you kind of have to have that in a match. If things don't flow well, it's not going to be a good match. But I think I loved it just because of how crazy and bonkers and wild it was. So, those are probably my favorite matches of all time. I have some other matches that I enjoyed, but not favorites. But yeah, it, like I said, if if you are listening and you are a wrestling fan, if you haven't seen those matches, find them, go look them up. Um, a lot of the most of them will probably either be on YouTube or WWE Network for the WWE ones aw you might have to dig a little deep you might actually have to order the paper or not order but you will order it off of their shop shop aw get the dvd but wow if only we had that sponsor we'd be making making hella bank there five dollars a lesson for shop for aw um but yeah like go look at them go watch them and i would say of all the ones if you if you can't watch them all Macho Man versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat WrestleMania 3 for the I, for that Intercontinental title. Watch it. You got to watch it. It's just Again, I can't do it justice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those are my favorite matches. God, I feel like I've just been <laughs> You can definitely tell wrestling is my passion if like
1: cuz I don't shut the fuck up about it. Mm-hmm. Um anything else, Dev? Uh you know what? No, I think we got all that we need. I I feel as though you gave us a good comprehensive look into, into kind of what it is into wrestling, just as as much as yeah, as much as you possibly could. Yeah. Um.
0: I think. Yeah, it's like I said. I I talked about my experience, you know, and and one thing I will say is, as a wrestling fan myself, um, the one thing I want to say is. Don't let my opinion. Like I said, if you if you do listen, watch those matches cool, you don't have to. Don't let my opinion persuade you on one company or another. Um again, I just I have an opinion, but a lot of people like certain companies. Just same like with, you know, we we've talked about the Marvel versus DC uh uh argument, you know, it's going to happen with the AEW versus WWE, you know, they had that argument with WCW it was WCW vs WWE. like you know, I like certain companies for certain reasons. Like, I still, I don't hate WWE, and I'll still watch it, but I am more AEW guy. So that's that's all I can say. Is like, as a wrestling fan or anything, just don't let my opinion get mm-hmm. to you. But I hope you did enjoy listening to this one, kind of hearing my experience of how I went through wrestling.
1: It's a it's a new thing. We'll try out if 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 we see a lot of fan, a lot of a lot of listener engagement. We'll uh, we'll try to see.
0: How many more teacher teachers we can do? Because
1: maybe we'll have other people do teacher teacher.
0: teacher. We'll see. Like, I mean, um, I I enjoyed it. I mean, I think these are fun because you know, I think you like you said. I I'm kind of the expert in this one. We've got plenty of people that know stuff. Like, I mean, I wouldn't mind. Maybe one day my roommate Vogel, he knows so much about Harry Potter. We could probably learn everything from him. Yeah,
1: we'll we'll definitely see. Uh, Uh. Again, thank you guys for listening. We love you like always. And next week what we are doing. We're gonna do a killer under glass. glass. Uh, we're not gonna tell you who the killer is. You'll just have to wait and find out. Yeah,
0: it. I mean, again, we do know these are a little bit heavier, so we we like to let you guys know.
1: We tried to we tried to do a softball first before it, and now we're gonna do a killer under glass.
0: And then we'll uh, probably do a softball after the killer yeah. under glass.
1: So uh, yeah, we love you guys.
0: Thanks for listening to us. Um, I've been Andrew. I will always be Devin.